Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Second to None podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network and the 365 Sports YouTube channel. I am Blaine Gilmer with my co-host here, Tavares King, and it is Wednesday once again, folks, and we're going to be talking more SEC matchups, previews, and uh, Tavares also getting into a little bit of recruiting here. I know you've been jonesing to talk a little bit of recruiting. You like You like to hear what's going on on the trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to I like to know what's happening. Uh, I like to know who who's getting it done. You know, my guy Nick, Nick Williams over there at Texas A and M. I know he's he's hot on some trails, so I, I like to know what's what's out there. Absolutely, I'm sure you want to know who's going to be uh, lining up in between the hedges in coming years as well, because uh, Georgia Georgia's always they never stop recruiting. Man, it's a it's a uh, full time operation over there. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, I obviously know Kirby uh and that staff gets it done man this is guys are guys are in and out of there like clockwork man and so i know i know that they're 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 getting some top priority cats in there yeah so we'll be talking a little bit of recruiting here we're also going to give our sec east and west power rankings and notice we're saying not standings guys this isn't who beat who this is who do we feel is playing the best football right now and we have the most confidence in and has maybe even a more powerful side of the ball that they can they can lean on and help to to win a game versus others the quality of play all that goes into consideration so we'll have uh recruiting power rankings and then we're going to do previews of south carolina versus tennessee in knoxville and then of course we'll preview the georgia bulldogs visiting the Auburn Tigers in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Another chapter of that rivalry renewed at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central over on the Plains this week, the CBS game of the week. So excited to preview those games. And and you can bet on that being some great action, guys. And speaking of betting, we would be remiss if we did not think our sponsor here, Bet Online, guys. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus. 
Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, TK, as always, we're thankful for Bet Online sponsoring the show. And, you know, speaking of Bet Online, there's a lot of people that are uh, putting a lot, all the, it's basically a gamble, man, when you're putting your, your future as a head coach into the decision of a 16, 17, 18 year old young man. TK, you've been there on the, being recruited side of things and i know it's uh, changed a lot here just in, in in since since the time you were recruited but you know for a lot of people that'll never go through that that process just just tell people you know what's it like when you've got uh these these men making millions of dollars a year that are you know coming to you and and, and uh, really relying on you to help uh restock replenish their their program and be a part of uh, what they're trying to build man i honestly it's uh it's kind of surreal if you think about it that way. Obviously, the game has changed so much more more since hell, uh, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, when I was getting recruited. But but now, man, there's probably more so a little bit more money involved um, with all this NIL stuff and things like that. But um, from the angle that you're talking about, dude, you are um, they are putting a lot of stock and a lot of faith in you. Um, early on as, as a young kid. So, so a lot, a lot of, a lot of pressure comes with that. And, and you try to ease that pressure with going with a place that you feel comfortable um, with people that you feel comfortable, a situation that you feel comfortable somewhere you could step in and, um, you know, be you um, not have to change too much of what you do and who you are. And uh, just, just feel inviting, find your niche. No doubt, and, I, and we wanted to highlight some uh, some some teams uh, where they are the SEC teams right now and the rivals team rankings. So, uh, as you know, I, uh, if you if you don't know already, I write for UGASports.com, which is the rivals affiliate for the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, you know, I keep up with a lot of guys. If Georgia's recruiting you, then you are guaranteed to be recruited by all the other SEC schools as well. So. Uh, just wanted to highlight right now in the rivals teams rankings, you actually have Notre Dame, Penn State, Texas, and Oregon, the top four in the country in those classes. But all of those uh, teams have 21 or more commits on their um, to their commitment list right now. And then you have Alabama at five and Georgia at six. Alabama and Georgia uh, respectively have 15 and 17 commits. So a lot more room to add commits. The rich are going to get richer there with Alabama and Georgia. Both of them are going to be in position to vie for a number one class. Again, uh, each of those two programs has had the number one class, I believe five out of the last six years in the rivals teams ranking. So uh, that's kind of what's going on in terms of the team ranking. You got LSU at nine, but LSU, a trend right there. They were very, very high, as high as second or third early on in the summer, TK. But as this season has started, LSU has not picked up a commitment since July 30th. And, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, we, I know one specific game, is, yeah, well, uh, one specific game's not going to make up a recruit's mind, but trends do. And, TK, do you think uh, they're they're kind of seeing the trends and seeing some some shakiness there in that LSU program? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it for a little while on our podcast. That's that one. That seat's getting hot too. Um, man, they they've been struggling. Uh, obviously, they struggled last week against Auburn. 
Auburn came in there and, and, and left with a W and in what I think is probably one of the hardest places to play. Um and and defensively tackling woes. So I think I think obviously as a recruit, you take you take note of that. Um you take note of what's going on around the program. Are these guys winning? Does it look like they're gonna be winning? And um right now it it doesn't it looks like the latter. Yeah, and TK, when you talk about a a coach, right? When you're a position coach, you're essentially a salesman, right? In this recruiting process, and you know, as an entrepreneur yourself, when you're trying to make a sale, you've got to highlight the the finer points, and you got to give a great presentation and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if the product is not quality, if you don't have quality product, uh, then you know people aren't those sales aren't going to be there. Well, translate that to football, you know. The, the product is the play on the field and uh, LSU's play on the field has, has suffered. Uh, there's been some inconsistency to say the least um, running back has always been somewhere that they running back and defensive back at LSU has always been just a ultra strong recruiting uh, stronghold really for them, a, a great uh, area that they excelled in. But I think after seeing how LSU's struggled defensively and, and uh, their inability to run the football, that could hurt LSU in recruiting. Uh, the the top ten in the national rankings is rounded out by Texas A and M over there, TK, and Texas A and M is zero and two right now in SEC uh, West play. As you mentioned, they do have Nick Williams over there uh, as a a defensive analyst. He came over as a uh, he was a graduate assistant in the University of Georgia under Kirby Smarty. He helped pride Dayon Bowie away from Georgia, a Bainbridge native, who Dayon Bowie. Uh, Oddly enough, he was he was there at the University of Georgia visiting for the Arkansas game. I saw him there at the game. So uh, Georgia's still not totally out on them, but we'll we'll see what happens there. But Texas A&M is after some big time guys like a Shamar Stewart. Uh, that is a a four star defensive end, outside linebacker type guy from the Miami area, uh, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Georgia, Miami, all big on him. But with uh, programs like Texas A&M and Miami. Sliding on that slide, TK, uh, just like with LSU, it could be it could be tough. And uh, even Florida State is where some of these SEC schools are going to prey on Tennessee because Mike Norvell coming in the summer, he had a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of positive vibes going about Florida State. How they're going to turn it around? And TK couldn't have got off to a worse start. And I know a guy that you're you know familiar with, uh, Travis Hunter, that plays it at uh, Collins Hill. I mean, I know you've seen him, you've seen him operate and all that kind of stuff. He's a special, special talent, and uh, Georgia is trying really, really hard to, to flip Travis Hunter, and uh, a lot of schools, obviously, are trying to flip Travis, Travis Hunter. But, you know, just being a coach yourself in the state of Georgia and seeing Travis do what he does, uh, just kind of talk about him and how bad of a loss that would be if Florida State lost him to a Georgia or something like that. Man, that would be a huge flip, um, huge flip. He's, he's a, a generational-type talent, honestly. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch him train. Um, with with my man DJ the Mad Scientist, uh, uh, he 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 trains up there with him. Had the opportunity to watch him train. Had the opportunity to watch him work at uh, Corky Kale Passing League. And this kid does everything. I mean, I mean everything. He covers the whole field. Um, in a one high safety scheme, and I runs east west well, and and backs up everything he spits out of his mouth as well. So, I mean, he's fun to watch. He's a he's a special player and would be a tremendous talent to add to a UGA roster. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, that, that, I think if he does flip, Georgia would be the, the place to go. Another couple of high-profile uh, high guys, Oscar Delp is making his 
uh, commitment decision. It's between Georgia and South Carolina. He took a visit to the South Carolina Troy game this past week. He was there for the uh, for the Georgia and South Carolina game in Athens uh, a couple weeks ago. So he will make his decision. Feel like Georgia's got a good shot there, but South Carolina has family ties for him. So we'll see what Oscar Delp decides. Another one, the number one receiver in the nation in the class of 2022 is Luther Burden. And uh, TK Luther Burden is a, a guy that is from that East St. Louis, Illinois area, just outside of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, just across the line over there. Uh, the Missouri Tigers are working him hard. There's a, there's lots of uh, yeah, support there from that program trying to trying to keep him uh, close to home. And then he's got Alabama and Georgia there trying to poach him as well. When you're a receiver, and uh, even though you may be close to uh, Missouri, if you got Alabama and Georgia coming after you, that's going to be a, a tough decision, is it not, TK? Yeah, I'd have to say so, man. You gotta you gotta take a peek at at, at the two schools is getting it done the best, and and I, I'd say the Alabama and Georgia are getting it done the best. And you you take a take another look at the the talent pool of receivers that came through Alabama, and then again. As a, as a recruit, that's something that you have to look at, as well as what a George Pickens has done in the past few years. And and even from that standpoint, the opportunity standpoint um, at Georgia, you see what they're doing with a young Brock Bowers. Um, so who's to say that can't be you? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's 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 a lot to 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 look at and see what's what's going on there with with those programs. But one thing, last thing I wanted to highlight about recruiting is uh, Florida's 22nd in the country, TK, right now in in recruiting according to the rivals' rankings. And and the thing about that is you have Florida State uh, that is ranked ahead of them in recruiting right now at seventh in the country, and you also have uh, the university of Miami that I mean they're down way at 45th in the country with only nine commits but you see when my point is when you have Florida State and Miami that are struggling so badly the University of Florida should be dominating in recruiting TK and the fact that Dan Mullen and his staff are consistently falling outside of the top 15 or so in recruiting in the country when when those programs have been bad in the state of Florida with him for his entire tenure there I think that's telling of what Florida has going on there as a program. Yeah, I think it's pretty telling too, especially with the talent pool that obviously we know Florida puts out year in and from high school year in and year out. Um, and like you said, with Miami struggling, um, FSU struggling as well, he should be getting guys. So I think it does say something about the recruiting job that he and his staff are doing. Um I, I, that's something to, to, to kind of dive into. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably dive in a little more to that. No doubt. Uh, each Wednesday, we're going to touch on recruiting. One thing to keep an eye on going forward uh, in the class of 2023, Oklahoma is way out ahead of everybody. They've got some tremendous wide receiver commits and Brandon Ennis and DeAndre Moore Jr. So Oklahoma will be coming into the SEC. And if they do by the class of by the year 2023, that class of 2023 that they have coming in is special TK. Texas also recruiting very well under Steve Sarkeesian right now in his first year. And that's that uh, a, a future SEC matchup, the Red Rivals showdown 
this weekend as Oklahoma and Texas take on each other. We won't break that one down because they don't have the distinction of being official SEC members. They ain't got the credentials. They're not in here yet to be talked yeah. about, but uh, again, but they will be soon, and uh, they're going to be recruiting at a high level. So Texas A&M fans, enjoy that uh, little advantage you had for about ten years of saying, "Hey, we're the SEC school in Texas, and we're the SEC school in the Midwest," because that's not in the in the greater Southwest area, because that's not going to be the case anymore. Oklahoma and Texas. Blue blood programs, a lot of money, and they're going to come in, and uh, that it could be bad news for Jimbo Fisher and them if they don't uh, fix some things in a hurry. But uh, TK, we're going to go ahead and preview our first uh, matchup. We did LSU and Kentucky and Arkansas and Ole Miss on Monday, and now we're going to do uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia Auburn today. So let's touch on uh, South Carolina at. Tennessee. It's a not Tennessee's a nine and a half point home favorite. The over under on this one is 52 and a half. Tennessee hung 62 on Missouri by themselves uh, this past week. Um, so uh, I, I tend, before I even make a prediction, I'm going to tend to take the over on this game because I don't think either defense is just a, a super defense that's going to shut anybody down. So I think there'll be a lot of yardage and a lot of a lot of points uh, scored in this one. However, I do like that Tennessee front. Uh, ten, uh, Tennessee played very well. That front seven did against Florida in the first half. They just didn't have the depth, TK. But I don't think depth will be an issue for Tennessee with a rebuilding program like uh, Shane Beamer has there in South Carolina. Yeah, I, I really look look forward to to watching. You know what they do to Lou Dottie. You know it's his he's struggling passing the ball right now, just just completing about 58% of his passes. So I think that they come after him, similar to kind of kind of how they came after Missouri's quarterback, force him to to get rid of the ball early and let those guys make some uh, some plays in their secondary. But uh, like you said, I, I think um, it will be a high-scoring game for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, but when you talk about Luke, Luke Doty, one thing we saw, even against Georgia – uh, and he's shown it throughout his career. He has the ability to extend some plays, and uh, you know he he's he's got some mobility. He can he can he has uh, some elusiveness about him. So Tennessee is going to have to be sure tacklers. I mean, uh, TK, you've been on teams that have had to go up against uh, mobile, elusive quarterbacks. I mean, what are some of the keys that that you hear the defensive coaches preach to defensive players throughout the week when they're preparing for a mobile quarterback like that? Man, uh, just contain them. One. Uh, make sure you contain him, set the edge so he can't extend the play, get outside of the pocket. Um, and once you keep him in that pocket, just walk those guys back and put them in it, put them in his lap. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's something that we do really well at Georgia. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Georgia, and Georgia bottled it up. Uh, Luke Doty frustrated him a little bit. Uh, South Carolina equally has a, a challenge on their hand, TK, because uh, Hendon Hooker is starting to play some really good football for Tennessee. He did. He did. He did, he did look better um, out there. He was slinging it around, fifteen for nineteen, uh, three tutties. He, he he looked really nice out there. Uh, uh, they got him some weapons as well. I th- uh, jo- yeah, I, th- I think he played well. Yeah, I mean, it, when you talk about Hendon Hooker, you know, Velvis Jones Jr., J- Javante Payton, who had the long touchdown against Florida that they connected on. And I told – I was texting somebody during that Georgia-Florida game. I said – or not the uh, the Tennessee-Florida game. I said, no matter what happens for the rest of this game, Hendon Hooker hitting that bomb touchdown to Javante Payton was a big play for that program. Uh, be- because, you know – 
at the swamp, Hendon Hooker delivering, hitting on a deep ball that had been a problem for Tennessee earlier in the year, and they connect on one. I think just from a confidence standpoint, TK, um, when you're maybe struggling early on in the passing game and then you connect with a quarterback for a long touchdown, I mean, just talk about what that can do for you as a receiver and offense and kind of the continuity there. Man, it can ignite everything. Um, I mean, it's, it's something that you guys probably hit on week in and, and week out during practice. Um, <laughs> you probably connect on it all week. And then in the game, man, it's just, it's just a miscue here or there. Somebody's in his face or something, uh, or he's juiced up and he overthrows it. So so when that happens and you connect on him, it's an it's a amazing feeling. And it's, it's kind of uh, one of those things that can ignite an offense, can ignite some confidence and probably the most important person on an offense, the quarterback. And uh, from there, you know, that synergy just takes off. Yeah, and when you're talking about Tennessee, though, uh, really taking off, it, it, where they did it this past week was in the run game. They had 458 yards rushing against Missouri. Uh, you know, South, Car- South Carolina has has a good uh, defensive front themselves in terms of defensive ends, guys that are going to, to, to probably be able to play at the next level, but they're going to have to really be uh, gap sound against a Tennessee team that is going to use uh, tempo to try to wear out South Carolina. And uh, that 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 volunteer crowd will be rocking after a big win for that program over Missouri. I know Missouri's struggling right now, TK. But when you're when you're a program like Tennessee trying to pick up the pieces, and same thing with South Carolina, they had a nice win over over uh, you know over Troy at home after getting uh, blown out by by Georgia. So, but before that, so you know we'll see, and then lost a close one to Kentucky. I mean they had a close game against Kentucky and we know that's a quality loss now cuz that Kentucky program is really on the rise, a good program and they were within 6 points of those guys. So uh yeah. nine nine and a half point spread. Uh what's your opinion on how this one plays out? Do you think South Carolina is able to keep it closer than nine and a half and uh who are you going to take outright? Um man, I I'm I'm taking Tennessee outright but they might be able to keep it a little closer than that, but uh, I, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Tennessee 35 to think. No, nah, I don't think they keep it closer than that. Actually, I'm saying 35-21. 35-21, and they're going to cover. So 35-21. That definitely puts you on the uh, on the over in this game. I think uh, Tennessee's on the over as well. I think it may be uh, struggling struggling early um, for both teams, trying to get in their field because South Carolina plays hard for Shane Beamer. you got to give them that. Uh, Josh Van has turned into a, a excellent receiver, uh, deep threat for South Carolina. He's got 16 catches, 332 yards, and three touchdowns, but they just don't have much production out of that. So can Tennessee uh, – you know, I think Willie Martinez is up there with uh, Josh Hypo now, a guy that you, that you know, Coach Willie, a lot uh, from your time at, at Georgia. But there's just not much production elsewhere, so I'm sure that uh, Josh Hypo and his crew um, will be up there and, uh, you know, try to take away Josh Van, keep containment on Luke Doty. South Carolina will get theirs early on, um, but I think that uh, Tennessee pulls away at this one at the end, I, and I like them to, to score a good many points in this game. I'm going to say – uh, Tennessee wins this one. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, with the over as well. I think Tennessee's gonna score 38 points in this game. I'm gonna pick them to to win 38 uh, 38 17. So I like Tennessee uh, to win that one. So I'm on the 
on the I, over. I, I, I like that score too, Blaine. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, they're on the over there. So I think Tennessee ends up winning. It's close at halftime, but Tennessee, uh, I think, has a better front seven and wins with some depth. So Tennessee, uh, TK and I both like Tennessee over South Carolina this week, week six of SEC football action. Now, TK, the big game of the week, the CBS game, the 3.30 game, uh, one that everybody will be looking at. That's the Georgia Bulldogs heading over to Auburn, uh, the Deep South's oldest rivalry over there uh, that Georgia has dominated here lately. Um, Georgia's a 14-and-a-half point favorite in this one. That's the largest, I think, favorite anybody's been since 2010 in this game. Uh, it's usually a very uh, very exciting, very tight ball game. But my simple question to you, TK, is will Auburn score in this game? Oh, man, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think 14-and-a-half points is uh, – No, I mean, will I, they score, period? Kind of wild. <laughs> uh Will they put Man, up more than dude, zero? You know what? I'm not even going to disrespect my guys like that because I said that, the, that Arkansas was going to score 14 or 17 on them. I know no, you got man, some love for Mike Bobo, Bobo over there. I do love I do love you, Coach Bobo. I love you to death. But, no, nah, I can't. No. Man, we our, our defense is going is going to bottle Tank Bigsby up. I, I, I don't foresee Lamar Jackson Jr., Jr., Junior snapping off Bo Nix, going <laughs> off like he did, going off like he did last week, man. He was, he was, I mean, he was literally uh, doing some special things last week. But we've got guys that get to the ball, bro. We've yeah. got guys that again walk O lineman back into your lap and put you in situations to where you're holding on to the ball and and making bad decisions. So I, I think it's gonna be tough. Um, for real, um, they 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 they'll probably get on the board, yes, but but I think it's gonna be tough. Auburn's rushing for two hundred and thirty eight yards per game right now. TK, they won't even get half of that in this ball game. I I predict, uh, you know, because Bo Nix will get sacked several times yeah, in this game. Yeah, He's gonna try to extend plays. He's gonna try to run around. And we this ta- isn't that a- better. This isn't that LSU defense (laughs) that he's facing. LSU's defense is in shambles right now. They're 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 losing contain. Their 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 fundamentals on tackling is is, uh, horrendous. If if LSU goes up and lays an egg in Lexington this week, as both you and I have picked in our Monday episode, LSU to lose to Kentucky by at least ten points. Um, then you could really start hearing the rumblings of Ed Orgeron being out of a job here soon. And uh, I just. Just Georgia programs in a totally different trajectory right now. Um, I know Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter are tremendous running backs, but when you have an offensive line that is going to get blown up the way that that they're going to get blown up against this Georgia front seven, the only chance I think Auburn has of maybe getting a score uh, here or there is if Bo Nix, you know, he is a tremendous athlete, if he's able to extend the play just long enough and somebody loses uh, on protection, he's able to sling one downfield. This is is, is great of of an athlete as Bo Nix is, it's, it's seven dudes up front that are just as good. Well, realistically, Jordan Davis is probably as close to as fast as Bo Nix. Yeah, and that's scary, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's 360 pounds, and he can probably run in a straight line. He can probably run 
at, uh, close to as fast as Bo Nix. I mean, at 4'8", you're talking about a 4'8", 40 out of Jordan Davis. Is that fast Bo Nix? But maybe a 4 Four seven four six guy. I don't think he's he's more much uh, faster than that. But um, I do think that Auburn's defense could probably give uh, Georgia maybe some 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 trouble offensively early on. They play hard for Brian Brian Harson. We'll see how Stetson Bennett. I think it'll be Stetson Bennett again. I just think that uh, Kirby Smart's not going to rush JT Daniels back with that lat injury. Um, so I think Stetson Bennett. I think one thing you want to see out of this Georgia team is. Uh, I don't think Auburn will be dropping eight like Arkansas did. So I think you want to see Georgia take advantage of uh, some one-on-one opportunities. Uh, Jermaine Burton down the field, maybe get a Kiaris uh, uh, Jackson healthy. Uh, big Big O, you know, work. He was just dipping his toe into the water last week. Uh, Darnell Washington get back, uh, getting back into things. And so now that you got a two weeks of practice under your belt, TK, when you're coming back from an injury, that first game back, you know. It's just kind of filling things out. But then, you know, you got two weeks under your belt. He could really be thriving. And uh, you talk about Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers kind of bookends at tight ends. That could be a big, uh, big dynamic for Georgia going forward. Yeah, I could see us using Big O, obviously, a lot more than we used him uh, last week. And and you said it. When you when you come back that first game, you kind of are testing the waters, um, seeing how things are out there. But but he looked good. He looked comfortable. And, and hopefully he'll feel more comfortable moving forward. Um, and, and and yeah, I, I think rock steady. We rocking steady is is a good idea, man. Let JT let JT get healthy. Let him do his thing. Um, Stetson is a leader. Um, he's and he's beat, he's beat this Auburn team before. He beat him. He right. beat him twenty seven to six last year. With and, a- and he's and, yeah, and he and he's done this before. So to that point, he doesn't have to do anything other than what he what he's already done, and and that's be him. Yeah, how bad? How bad do you think the the score is? Over under is forty five. Georgia, Georgia. I think their defense. We might. Score, they may score fourteen points in this game. Who knows how how that how that goes? But uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I, I like the over. What do you think? What do you think the final score is? Georgia and Auburn. You know they have a really good corner, uh, McCrary out there, uh, Smoke Monday out there. Uh, you talked about that matchup. I, I'm intrigued to see that. I, I I think we can score some points on them. So I, I'm going to go Georgia 42. Auburn 42. Tigers, Auburn Tigers 7. 42-7, just a beat down. Uh, so he is taking the over, but he, he's not getting much help with Auburn out of that one. Uh, you know what? I, I say take the over on it, but now that I think about it, Auburn – really may not score in this game. So I don't know if Georgia's going to put up 45. So actually I'm going to, I'm going to switch my, uh, as I've, as I've just kind of been talking to myself here, I say self, 42. uh, Auburn may not score in this game. So, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to take that Georgia defense. You know, there's old saying out there, TK, when uh, somebody tells you, shows you who they are, believe them. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Georgia's defense has showed us who had, has shown us who they are. Uh, I believe in this Georgia defense. I think it's the best in the country. I'm going to say they go over to the Plains, and I'm going to pick them to get a third straight SEC shutout over here and beat. I'm going to. I am going to take the under, but I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia to defeat Auburn, a solid twenty-eight nothing over there. I think just a clean game. Georgia runs the football again, leans on them. 
uh, gets a turnover here and there, and it's over before it's said and done. I think Brian Harson and, and them will do a uh, the best chance. You know, Bobo, he's gonna milk that clock. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna go Lane Kiffin over there and try to uh, compound mistakes and make it worse over there like he did against Alabama this past week. So that is what I think is gonna happen here between Georgia and Auburn. So we've covered that. Now, lastly, TK, we want to give our um, SEC East power rankings. So in our second to none SEC East power rankings, they go like this, TK. We've got Georgia number one, obviously the most dominant defense, and they, they've got the most depth yes, in the uh, SEC, playing very well. So Georgia number one in the SEC East. I've got Kentucky at number two because purely of that defense. I think DeAndre Square, Josh Pascal. Um, you know, J.J. Weaver, Yusuf Corker. I mean, the names go on and on. They've just got a defense that shuts people down. I think they'll do the same thing to LSU this week. So I'm going to put them at number two. And if they can get any kind of production going uh, out of Wondell Robinson and Will Levis, that's a dangerous football team. And I really like that Kentucky Wildcats team. Um, number three, TK, Florida. I've got them over Tennessee, uh, really because of that head-to-head uh, matchup. But but uh, Florida could be trending down here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think those two are right there neck and neck. That's a 3A, 3B situation. Yeah, we do have Tennessee at four. I, I really like the way they're trending up, guys. I really think that that Josh Heupel is getting this offensive line uh, back healthy, getting them going. Caden Cooper Mays doing doing their thing. Tyon Evans at, at running back uh, doing an uh, excellent job. So Tennessee's at number four in our power rankings. Then South Carolina at five. We got South Carolina over Missouri because I just think they're being more consistent. You know, I, I know that they're – they're not getting the results they want right now, but you can tell the foundations of Beamer Ball 2.0 are there. TK, they're gonna they're gonna play good defense. They're gonna utilize special teams, and uh, you know he's just got to get some offensive weapons in there. Yeah, I think once they get some weapons, um, obviously you can tell that those cats play for him. They believe in what he's doing, what he's got going on. Um, once they get some weapons, once they start recruiting better, um, maybe a few cats from the transfer portal that are unhappy elsewhere. Uh, yeah, that could be a big, big benefit to South Carolina for sure. Um, yeah. Missouri comes in at number six. You know, Tyler Beatty had a rough game against that Tennessee front seven, only 41 rushing yards on 21 carries. So very unlike that Missouri team who usually runs the football uh, pretty well and is dedicated to it. But Tennessee's front stepped up, played well. Uh, and then we got Vandy at seven. Uh, you joke. Eight. Can we put them at eight, even though there's not eight teams in the in the SEC East over there, man? Because uh, Vandy, you know, but hey, let's give it to Vandy. They stepped up and, and uh, beat the poor uh, UConn uh, Huskies, even though they were favored, man. They were favored, man, by 14 and a half, and they, they won that game on a field goal at the last second. So even Kentucky winning the – winning the the toilet bowl there was a skid mark in that toilet bowl right there uh tk because that was a that was not that was a crappy win right there over a uh, uconn team and that that bandy program has a long way to go so that's our second to none sec east power rankings those are presented by sideline the sideline sports network guys uh follow side at sidelines underscore sn uh, they do a lot of great work, have a lot of content of their own, um, a lot of different uh, channels that you can follow on social media. Uh, follow at SSN underscore college FB for their just general college football stuff at SSN underscore SEC for their SEC accounts. And each team has an account as well. So Sideline Sports Network, check them out. And then TK, we're going to end it up here with our second to none SEC West power rankings. Of course, Alabama, 
uh, the, the, the death star over there with Nick Saban, uh, can, continues to chug right along. They proved you and I wrong. We thought Lane Kiffin and, uh, Ole Miss would have something for them. And, uh, that the Lane train got, he, was, he went out, he went out there gambling, man. He was up there crap shooting. Yeah, he wasn't even uh, trying to to play a, play a sound strategy. I, I agree with you there, but the lane train got derailed there. Even though uh, they did, I think it was more of Lane Kiffin that just the the strategy that he employed and things like that. I, I really still like that Ole Miss team, and I think they can beat everyone else in the SEC West. That's why I have them at, at number two based on that offensive unit, and I think what they'll be able to put together. You saw even late in that game, TK, uh, there in the second half, they were able to put up some points. I mean, they scored twenty one on Alabama. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear. Lane Kiffin is a, is a great offensive mind. I think he, with even within the game, like you said, you can see throughout the game he's going to figure out a way to get get some points on the board. So then I got Arkansas at three, even though they had uh, came off a tough loss to Georgia. I think overall, when uh, they they face people that just aren't absolutely you know mauling them up front uh, because they're overmatched I think you're going to see that Arkansas three three five scheme on defense give a lot of teams trouble I think that that scheme will give Ole Miss trouble I mean I think in the Arkansas game last year they employed that strategy and he had uh, Matt Corral threw six picks in that game so uh, that could be a that could be a big uh, you know big showdown there for maybe who ends up as the second best team in the West and, you know, Arkansas's only got one loss. Ole Miss only has one loss. They, they still have a new year six bowl, you know, out in front of them, possibly if they're able to win out and, and take care of business. I've got Auburn as the fourth ranked team. I know they went up to happy Valley and, and held it close with Penn state TK, but honestly, I don't know. We'll find out how good Penn state is this weekend when uh, they play the Iowa Hawkeyes. I, I think Iowa's was going to wax that tail for them over there. Cause Iowa may have the third best defense in the country behind uh, Georgia and Kentucky, in my opinion, but um, you know, we'll see how good that that quality loss is. But I just, I just, I think that Auburn team just kind of middle of the road right now, TK. Yeah, I, I think they are middle of the road. I think they're they're doing some good things, and I I, I just think there's some holes in some places uh, that they're, you know, wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some holes in some places that you got to have some hands, uh, but. But yeah, they're they're about middle of the road, and and I'm excited about that game that that we got this weekend uh, in Auburn, Georgia. Yeah, Auburn's going to have to get some more receivers in there. They're going to have to get a better solution, I think, at uh, at uh, tackle on offense, the left tackle position, and then uh, you know defensively, just got to add more depth. They're going to be replacing some. They're going to be replacing some key guys in that secondary after after this year. So. We'll see what happens with Auburn there. Mississippi State's on the rise. I got Mississippi State at five over LSU. Some people say, wait, didn't LSU beat Mississippi State? Yes, they did, but they beat them uh, despite Mississippi State doing everything they needed to do to win that game. It was just an untimely turnover, and Mike Leach uh, kind of having Lane Kiffin syndrome there and just doing some crazy things in that game, not, not really uh, doing what they needed to do to win uh, until late in that game. But I like Mississippi State, what they went on the road and did to Texas A&M this past week. So give me Mike Leach and the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs at five, LSU at six, and I only put them at six, TK, because uh, Texas A&M is just god-awful right now with not, not having a quarterback in that system. But LSU, until they just until they learn to run the football and do it with some continuity and can, you know, tackle a tackling dummy out there, you know, at some point, <laughs> I just I just don't see – uh, LSU having much success the rest of this year. 
Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. The last two teams, uh, LSU at six and Texas A&M at seven. Those two, um, you know, historically recruiting well, Texas A&M recruiting well now. Um, you would think that that you know something would be shaking for them, something would be working out, but uh, not not able to get it done. Obviously, we know the the, the tackling woes and, and the things going on at LSU, the, the the running problems. But but I think six and seven is is where they land on our SEC West Power rankings. There's there's three ways to to get it done right here in this SEC. You see a team that either has the quarterback to get it done that that drives everything and gets it done, or a la Matt Corral uh, in um, you know at Ole Miss. Uh, and then, you know, of course, over in the, the East, uh, you really don't have any dominant quarterback. So another way to get it uh, get it done is the way Georgia's getting it done with an unbelievable uh, defense. And then, of course, you've got kind of a combination of both that Alabama, Bryce Young, has the ability to be an all, all-American all caliber quarterback, but he's not quite maybe there yet. But guess what? They're running the football, and they're able to, to uh, help him produce. They ran the football down Ole Miss's throat. Tennessee is running the football and has a strong front seven as well. So uh, LSU's really struggling in several of those categories. Max Johnson could be a special quarterback, but he's got to have some help around him. You know, he's got to help have some uh, some some relief there. So TK, uh, uh, you know, another another exciting week of SEC action. We've previewed the four main games here uh, that that are that we're going to focus on this week and on our Friday episode. TK, we'll be. Uh, hitting the best lines of the week, and not just SEC. We may pick a couple outside the SEC that we think, if you want to uh, put a little put a little money down on that uh, through Bet Online, um, who who you might want to pick, and and some matchups there. TK and I'll have some uh, independent, um, you know, individual matchups of uh, you know maybe receivers versus DBs or def- or defensive fronts versus offensive fronts. We're gonna do a little little film work over the next couple of days and be back with you on that on Friday. So make sure to subscribe to the 365 Sports YouTube channel and listen to us via the Believe Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to uh, podcasts. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and uh, TK, it's uh, it's about that time and uh, where we'll uh, – where we'll catch everybody on Friday, man. So uh, you 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 already getting some some bets in mind with some of these lines and stuff that you're gonna give people advice on. What you're gonna kind of tell them to hit here? Uh, not yet, man. I got a little work to do, so I'm gonna get on it. Yeah, he's gonna get on it, TK. You know, I'm sure there'll be some wide receiver matchups that that TK is gonna bring out to you. But for Tavares King, I am Blaine Gilmer. This is the Second to None podcast, and we will catch you on Friday where we talk about some bets, some individual matchups, and uh, just give some last second news and notes before we get into the weekend. So we will catch you later. Want to make Mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.